pressure on him. Throws it up for eight. Shot blocked by What a block from Giannis. 17 seconds from game seven or from championship number six. Jordan. Open. Chicago with the lead. And they're putting Curry in the pick and roll, trying to get him on Irving. Irving and Curry, one-on-one with Irving, puts it up. It's good! Kyrie Irving from downtown! We're sending it in, Jerome. That's for damn sure. Yes, yes, yes. What is up? And welcome to the Taproom Sports Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks, lads. Joined with my man, Swerving. Irving, Washington, how we doing tonight? I'm chilling, getting ready to talk some good old college football. I was watching Friday. Oh, that's a great film. Should be watching baseball though, man. We just had a great Angels uh, Yankees game, bro. Oh uh, no! After my Dodgers ruined my my parlay. <laughs> you had enough of baseball tonight. I had enough of baseball today. Oh man. Hey, that's how it goes, though. That's baseball, man. I mean, yeah. it was a tough one for the Dodgers anyways going against the yeah. Grom. I thought with the plus money. And now the Dodgers, they're they're one in three on the year now. Or one in four now after this game uh, as underdogs this year. Underdogs. So, not a good underdog team. But uh we got a lot of we got a lot of college football to talk about. So we're gonna spend some time tonight uh talking about a handful of games. Um mostly the important games with with uh you know good matchups. A lot of uh, top 25 programs this weekend playing FCS schools or dog shit FBS opponents because they're all fucking pussies. You know, that's how it goes, though. And I shouldn't really be talking because USC is playing Rice this year, which is, you know, something they don't normally do. But That's better than playing F. We were scared to play FCS school. <laughs> yeah, nah, Lincoln's going to learn soon. We don't do that. We don't do that at, at, at SC, dude. Not a previous regime regime scheduled this game because <laughs> remember they do schedules two years in advance. But when Bone got hired, he saw that USC had the tradition of not playing FCS school, and he changed it. Smart man, he's a smart man. Um, but we got a lot to talk about. We are being brought to you by Tavour. Make sure to go to Tavour.com or download the Tavour app straight to your mobile device. Use promo code TAPROOM for $10 off your first purchase of $25 or more. That's craft beer delivered straight to your front door. You don't even have to leave your seat. How great is that? It's fucking awesome. Let's go, y'all! So now let's move over to some football. Let's talk about our first game tonight. First game we got is the West Virginia Mountaineers versus the Pitt Panthers. Um, This game right now, Pittsburgh... Minus seven and a half. Um, this line actually opened at six and a half. It moved all the way to eight. It has come back down to seven and a half. Over under is 51 and a half. What's your thoughts on, on this game here? This is a uh, this is a rivalry game. It's the first time this game has been played since 2011 as well, by the way. Nice. 11-year absence of the rivalry. I think it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a back and forth. I do think Pitt has the better defense, though, so I think that's what's going to make the difference. You got the battle of the former USC QBs. Yep. JT Daniels versus Cleeton Slovis. So whoever plays the cleaner game and makes the most plays, I think that's who's going to win. My money is actually on Pittsburgh. Honestly, I forgot to put them in my top 25. 
I think they could win this game going away because West Virginia was replacing a, replacing a lot on defense. So they I think that's I think that's going to um, hold them back because even though Pittsburgh lost Jordan Addison, they got a pretty damn good wide receiving core and they got a, a more than capable quarterback. And they returned their entire offensive <laughs> line. And the O-line is coming back. So, and I like what Pitt has on defense a lot more than what West Virginia got. This this game is interesting to me for the simple fact that, like, when it moved to eight, I was like, that's too much. Like, I would take West Virginia there. I didn't get to take it. It has moved down to seven and a half, which I think is probably the appropriate line. If it was seven or six and a half, I would play Pittsburgh. This game to me is a stay away game. Um, right now we're seeing 52% of the bets are on Pitt. And 76% of the money is on Pitt. 48% of bets on West Virginia, 24% of the money. So we're seeing, like, a lot of different splits. I know a lot of people in the sports gambling industry uh, that do college football, I know they hammered Pitt minus 6.5 when it first opened, which is why we saw it move. Um, so I explained some of the line movement. also explained some coming down because a lot there was a lot of buyback on the market there. I mean, for me, it's this is interesting because Pitt returns a lot. You know, yes, they lose Kenny Pitt, Pickett, but you get Keaton Slovis, who at one point was looked at as a, you know, first-round draft pick, and he still could be, you know, if he has a very good year. Pitt does lose Mark Whipple, though, so they are instilling a new offense. They do lose Jordan Addison, um, but they return basically everybody else, which is beneficial, and they're at home. West Virginia, you said it. They lo- they lose a lot on their defense, and them, them too instilling a new offense. Graham Harrell, a guy, I don't really know what's going to happen, dude. Because yeah, he's two, two hit or miss. Because yeah. is he going to be the offensive coordinator we saw at USC his first year, or he going to be the Graham Harrell we saw the last two years? So, with that being said, like you say. You can probably want to stay away from it, but if I was to put money on this game, I would have to ride with Pittsburgh. Yep. Um, so I did mention this This is the first time it's been played since 2011. Um, Pitt has lost the last three meetings versus West Virginia, and four of the last five meetings have been decided by four points or less. So that's one thing you have to keep in mind. Rivalry games are usually yeah. one-score games. But I think this one's a little different because they haven't played since 2011. And Pitt, you, let's be honest, dude, Pitt wasn't good in 2011 at all. At all. This is a much a much different team. It, at 7.5, like I said, this is a stay away from me. The total is 51.5. Um, I think it opened. It's actually been, yeah, it's been bet down. I opened 52.5. So it, it, too, has been bet down the under. <clears throat> I think the under might be the might be the actually the smart play. Play. But 50, 51 and a half right now, it's that's pretty fucking low, dude. Yeah, for those two offenses, well, they did lose some playmakers. Um, what's the name is bringing in a QB that's has NFL talent as well. He just can't stay healthy, so yep. it's a lot of it's a lot of give and take with both of these teams, but. I'm gonna ride with the more, the more safe pick, the more confident. The over opened at 54, Irv, so it's a bet all the way down to 51 and a half. Yeah, probably because it's the first week, they probably don't expect both offenses to be clicking on all cylinders. We saw a lot of overs hit last week, though. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and I, because I, I always have the same mentality that like 
usually want to play unders early on, especially in games with two new offensive coordinators. I think that is a smart play at under 54. But both of them are on spread offenses, though. So yeah, I and th- they're going to be fast-paced. Yeah, and I think that's the reason why I would bet the over, honestly, because if West Virginia defense is anything it is like it's on paper, Pitt might put up 30, 40 points by themselves. So. Yeah, 51 and a half. 54, I like the under. 51 and a half, though, I think you got to play the over here. Yeah, I would play the over. That would probably be the that, – that's probably the only bet that I would I would here. play the over and – I'm going to be bold. I'm, I'll play the over and take West Virginia. Plus seven oh, yeah. and a half? Oh, okay, yeah. My bad, Pittsburgh. Minus, my, my, minus my seven daily, and a half? My daily on. Yeah, I'm going to take Pittsburgh. Dude, that's a that's – a, that's a big line, dude. Seven and a half in a rivalry game, Irv. I'm going to ride with my boy Slovis. Um, Jay, what about JT, bro? Uh, JT is a is a good quarterback. He just can't stay healthy. And He's healthy kinda, for this game. And I'm kind of skeptical of him anyway because he couldn't beat out Stetson Bennett. So. No, he was better than Stetson Bennett. <laughs> Let's be real. I mean, dude, even Georgia fans were calling for JT Daniels to start the national championship after they lost to Alabama. That 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 is true, but you know I'm just I gotta, I gotta troll him a little bit. But I think he's gonna be all right. It just he did look good. Well, that first quarter, wait, third first three quarters, he looked pretty damn good in Graham Hill's offense. If he continue to be that, but let's see. I just I just like Pitt. I just like their their better team right now. They they have better overall team especially when it comes to defense and offense yeah not saying graham harrell couldn't be a good oc for them because he is a pretty good oc but then he comes from lincoln riley well mike leach is coaching tree but i just like i like pitt's uh trajectory right now i agree i yeah seven and a half is just too much for me if it got to if it moved to seven i would absolutely take pitt or you can, like, at eight, you know, that's a good teaser play. What they call a Stanford Wong teaser. You tease them, you tease a eight-point favorite down to two, and then you, you could find another game that way and play that because, you know, eight points down to two, that's a one-possession W right there, basically. I got Pitt, and I got him winning by 10. It's bold, bro. That's a bull strategy. That's a bull strategy. Card is going to work out. That is a bull strategy. Dude, the Phillies. I mean, dude, this is insane, bro. They are fifteen. This is fourteen runs now, dude, against the Diamondbacks tonight. Yeah, after the Diamondbacks pretty much shut their ass down the first two games. And yeah, beat the shit out of them. Now they were giving them payback. All right, let's mm. move on to uh, the next game on uh, tomorrow night, which is Penn State versus Purdue. Um, so, you know, we did a big 10 preview. We also did a ACC and big 12 preview. Um, you know, both of us were kind of mum on Penn state and we were both kind of high on Purdue. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts about this game right now, Penn state, this game open and has stayed the same dude for three months. This game has not moved minus three and a half Penn state on the road at Purdue Purdue is the underdog, plus three and a half on the money line, plus 143. Penn State, minus 175. The total right now is uh, 53 and a half. Opened at 54 and a half, so it's been bet down by one single point. That's a one drive, basically. 
Uh, like you said, I was more opti- optimistic about Penn State than you. But now that we broke it down, we had a chance to look back at what they're actually bringing into the season. This is a team that's going to rely heavy, heavy on their run game and playing good defense. But they couldn't run the ball last year. Yeah. Hopefully they could do better at it this year because, like you said, I went back and watched that QB, and dude is terrible. So (laughs) Steve Clifford. So I think the defense has to play very well this year for them to get to uh, maybe be a 9-10 win team. Unless Clifford just – Grow grows up right before our eyes. I don't know. I like Purdue at home, man. I'm not really feeling this Penn State team. Now, they should have a good defense. They should have a good pass rush. But on the offensive end, nothing is a given outside of the running backs and the wide receivers. But if you don't got a good quarterback and the O-line doesn't play better, that offense is going to look pretty bad. And yeah. Purdue isn't world beaters, but they're going to have a good team this year. Uh, I like what they bring into the table this year. This might be their best team in five, six years. That's tough for me to say, only because they lose their best defensive player in their school's history in Karloftis, which is a huge blow. But I don't think it's yeah, going it to. I don't think I don't think it's going to hurt them like to the point where they're going to be like so much worse defensively, and they could also be better offensively, even though they lose David Bell because. Um, Brom, all he does is produce NFL level co- uh, wide receivers. So it's like it's next guy up. You know what I mean? And Aiden O'Connell may be the best quarterback not named CJ Stroud in this conference. You know, and I I know that's a bold statement. Probably it might be a hot take. I don't know, but I'm I'm comfortable saying that, dude. I I like this Purdue team. Well, we know he's on pretty. He's an established starter. You got Michigan starting two quarterbacks in two weeks, and the thing goes, you got two QBs. You don't you have any. I, I, dude, I don't. We'll get to that later. I don't understand that at all. <laughs> that to me, but I told you they was gonna do that. I'm like, bro, looking at their schedule, how close they said the QB competition was at training camp. I was like, don't be surprised if they start both quarterbacks and let them play a half, but now it's... The Phillies are still scoring runs, Irving. Damn, a game apiece. That's why they're trying to make a case for Swerver to be the NL MVP. That was incredible. <laughs> nah, I, I agree about Michigan, dude. Like, the two QB thing is, it might honestly... Because, I mean, we both thought Michigan is probably the second best team in this conference. You know, yeah, that might end that, up derailing them, dude. Yeah, I don't like uh, if you can't stick with one starter coming out of training camp. That doesn't bode well for me, because only team I ever seen do that well is way back yonder, and that's when uh the real Catholic versus convicts to uh, two thousand eight Florida Gate. Well, no, the year before when they had Chris Leak and Tim Tebow, they ran a two QB system yeah. and it worked out because it got them to a national championship, and I think they won. But anyway, they were both. Totally different quarterbacks. Yeah, they're both totally different quarterbacks. JJ and uh, the other kid are pretty much the same. And this dude took you to the playoff and beat Ohio State. So I don't see how his job is not secure. Back to the Purdue game, though. Yeah. I just think at home, we see Purdue every year they upset a good team. Every single year it happens. And why can't it happen in the first game of the year, too? You know what I mean? I think so, because usually the first game of the year is when you might have a bigger upset, and these teams are pretty even. It's not like Penn State is that much better at Purdue, better than Purdue at any given position besides D-line. 
I'd, I'd, I'd probably say Purdue's better offensively, Penn State better defensively. Yeah, but one place where Penn State has a clear advantage is going to be on the D-line. So, yep. Other than that, the linebackers have to play better, and that secondary hasn't been good in, in a couple of years. So, yep. And facing a quarterback like Purdue has, it's a chance they could get lit up, especially with Purdue at home. Yeah, no, I like I like Purdue at home right here catching the three and a half points. I mean, this is this has been one of my favorite bets of the, of the summer. I'm honestly surprised it hasn't uh, moved down like three, two and a half. Um, right now, Purdue is getting seventy percent of the money, and Penn State's getting fifty seven percent of the bets. So that's telling you less bets, more money on Pur- Purdue, which usually tells you that's sharp money. Which is why I'm honestly surprised this line hasn't moved. Uh, it's going to be a pick them pretty much. Uh, I mean, it has it may move tomorrow. So if you like Purdue, I would get it right now plus three and a half because you don't want this number to go to dip to three. That's a magic number because mm-hmm. then it's you know you lose by a field goal and it's a push. If it's two and a half. You lose by a field goal and you you lose your bet. Um, the over under fifty three and a half. I, I probably lean the under here, and the only reason being is because I don't know what kind of offense I'm going to get out of Penn State. You know, if they can run the ball, it changes the whole outlook of this team. Yeah, because then they'll be able to do play action. And last year they couldn't run the ball and they couldn't protect their quarterback, so it made Clifford look a lot worse too. He may be better if he has protection. They have all new running backs. Um, they do return Clifford. They don't have a lot of experience on their offensive line, but that might be a good thing because their offensive line wasn't good last year. It was horrible. So that's something to look forward to for Penn State. But I like Purdue here. I like Purdue plus three and a half. That's my bet in this game. You like that too? Yeah, I'll stick with Purdue. I was riding Penn State at first, but uh, I did some more digging. I like Purdue, and I also like the under as well because I don't think uh, Penn State is going to score enough points. They might get 10, 17 points because that offense – if they score more than 21 points, I'd be surprised. Yeah. Who, Penn State? Yeah, Penn State because that offense got to show me a lot more than what it, what I saw. Purdue's defense got to show us they can stop without Karloftis, and they lose two other uh, starters in the secondary. I mean, they lost some starters. They only returned six guys on defense. Yeah, but they also had a good recruiting class, and they got some good transfers too. True, true. So we're both uh, we're both taking the the Boilermakers here plus a three and a half at home. So let's move over to some Saturday games now. I'm gonna pull them up right now. Sorry, I'm uh, I'm lagging here. Our first one was Oregon versus Georgia. All right, Oregon versus Georgia. Last time I saw it, it was 11 points. Let me get it. at the house. Bet your savings. Bet any loose change, any shekels you have, any old pennies. Put all on Georgia. The only problem is, is those are the games that you always end up losing, dude. Nah, not really. Because if, if Oregon was starting anybody else, oh, but seven, Bo Nix, seventeen and a half right now. I thought, damn, it was at eleven, right? No, nah, it opened at seventeen and a half. Oh, it's at seventeen now. 
open oh. at 17 and a half at 17. I don't know which, oh, uh, I don't know which one is was 11 that I was looking at, but it's one of the games oh. we're doing here. Okay, that's a different one. Um, so this game, uh, like I said, opened at 17 and a half. It's been bet down to 17. Over under is at 53, which I think is pretty fucking high. Um, it opened at 50 and a half, so the, o- the over under has been bet up. Yeah, I think, the, I think the uh the over is a safe bet because I think they both gonna score enough points. I say Georgia scores probably in the thirties, or you could probably get to the twenties if they lucky. I think Georgia's gonna be better offensively this year than they were last year. Yeah, they're gonna be better offensively. The defense might take a step back, so but it'll still be elite. Of, yeah, instead of allowing nine point nine points a game, they'll probably average. They'll probably give up like. 18. 18, yeah, between 18 and 20. Yeah. So, I think they'll both score enough. I think the safest bet is the over. Oregon can cover, especially if they run the ball and their front seven plays up to their potential because they can handle the physicality. They have a pretty damn good offensive line. They've been, they've had a solid offensive line for several years now. So, did they they need to mix a starter officially? Huh? Did they name Bo Nix the starter? Yeah, Bo Nix is going to be the starter. So Give me Georgia uh, minus 17. Yeah, so like they, I said. They might get three defensive touchdowns. If if anybody else was a starter besides Bo Nix, I would take this game a lot more seriously. But that dude hasn't beat Georgia. He's 0-3 for Georgia, and I think his average, the only close game I think was his freshman year or his sophomore year. I think it was one of those because I know the last two or the first. Well, he almost beat Penn State. Penn State at, at Penn State last year too. Yeah, but that's Penn State. We're talking defending national champion Georgia, who's even though they are replacing five first round picks, they have more than enough left over to handle Oregon with Bo Nix at quarterback. I mean, dude, this is an interesting game because I do think they could Oregon, cover. Oregon may be able to run the ball, dude. <laughs> Oregon was gonna have a is gonna have a legit defense. Now they did lose some in the secondary, but their front seven is Good. pretty much top five, top ten in all of college, all of FBS, yeah. all of Division One. They got two NFL linebackers. They got one that's pretty much a guaranteed first round pick in uh, Sewell, Penay Sewell, little brother. I think his name Noah. Yeah. Uh, they have a potential first round pick. Another first round pick with Justin Flo if he could stay healthy. Oof, this is crazy, Irvin. Listen to this. Sixty seven percent of the bets are on Oregon. Eighty one percent of the money is on Oregon. Georgia only getting thirty three percent of the bets and nineteen percent of the money. Because that spread is seventeen points. And a lot of people is basically looking at it like pretty much Oregon's defense is gonna get enough stops for them to cover. But I think Georgia's offense is gonna be better, dude. I know. But people, they're underrating Georgia's offense because of who's the quarterback. Yeah, but I mean, like. Um, and they did lose Jermaine Burton, who was a number one wideout. He averaged down there 20, 20 yards a catch last year. But they replaced him with four and five stars, and they got the two best. They have the two best tight ends in football. In college football. So it's definitely going to be an interesting game. If I was to pick and put my money on something, I think Georgia probably wins by three touchdowns, to be honest, because Bo Nix is prone to make mistakes. He's on he's guaranteed at least one interception. Hopefully that interception is not a pick six, because if it is a pick six, that can blow the game wide open. Georgia has 
some damn good edge rushers. So if they can beat, if they can take a, some type of advantage of Oregon's pass pro and get enough pressure on Bo Nix, he can fumble because he is very turnover prone. Yep. Damn, this is sounding like a blowout. I'm trying to give Oregon credit, some type of credit, but the more I look at it. Uh, yeah, this one, I, I could see this playing out one of two ways. Either it's going to be a one possession game or Oregon's going to get blown the fuck out. Yeah, because a lot of Oregon fans are trying to compare this Georgia team to Ohio State, and this is not the same team at all. Nah, defensively, this Georgia team is better. Yeah, it's not even close, honestly. And they're probably oh, – now I wouldn't say they're just as good offensively, but they're on the same level as yeah. Ohio State last year. So, And Georgia always has a top four or five O-line in all of college football. Their O-line coach is – a damn good coach, even though he has to replace, is it two starters or three starters? But who? It doesn't matter. Georgia on the offensive line. Yeah, they only lose one offensive starting offensive lineman. Oh yeah, then see, they're not gonna miss a beat. Yeah, I'm betting. If I was to bet, I'm betting on Georgia. That's the thing with with Arizona. I mean, I'm sorry, Arizona. That's a, that's the thing with Georgia, <laughs> is because, uh, you know. They didn't. They weren't really good at wide receiver last year because Pickens was hurt, right? They really only had one wide receiver, and then they had Brock Bowers. Now you get Brock Bowers back. You get the other tight end back. His name is uh, I forget his name, but he was he was out last year. You get him back, so I mean, you have two of the top tight ends in football. You have guys that were freshmen last year that are more experienced this year coming in, and they were five star, four five star recruits, right? That wide receiver. And then you have a more experienced Stetson Bennett, who probably has a shit ton of confidence because he won a national title, and he's I agree. And, and he's one more year seasoned, right? Going against Bo Nix, who does have a lot to prove. So if you want to play, have a narrative play, it could be like the Bo Nix. But seventeen is a lot. But I'm I'm gonna lay it with Georgia here, dude, because I I, I agree with you, dude. I just think Georgia too much talent on the defense, yeah. and that offense is gonna be improved. And shout out to Chris Ransom. He brought up a good point too. Georgia lost pretty much all their running backs except one. So I mean, not Georgia, uh, Oregon. Oregon, but they have a they have two um, good recruits. That kid from West Western Kentucky, yeah. and then that kid that played at Minnesota last year. Yeah, they got two good transfers. But then they got another good transfer on defense from Colorado. Gonzalez, Christian Gonzalez. Yeah. I don't know if they put him at safety or they put him at corner, but. He was a uh, first team all Pac twelve last year, but that might hold up for like a quarter or two against Georgia. But <laughs> I, I think it's gonna get ugly towards the end of the game. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Georgia is eleven and five, eleven five and one straight up versus Pac twelve opponents, but they're five and five against the spread. The Oregon Ducks are five and eight against the spread versus SEC opponents. Um, remember, in twenty nineteen, Oregon was actually beating Auburn, and Auburn came back and won that game, and Oregon yeah. was favorites in that game. Yeah, and Weston was a true freshman. That's probably the best game he ever played. Yep, probably was. All right, let's move over to this next game. Um, this is uh, Utah versus Florida, Irving. So this line opened the Utah minus one and a half. It's been bet all the way up to minus three, um, but juiced to the to the plus three. Uh, this is at Florida, at Gainesville. Over-under right now is 51. It got bet down from 52 and a half. So, again, we're seeing – Money coming on the under. 
Right now, Utah is getting 72% of the bets and 81% of the money. Florida, 28% of the bets, 19% of the money. What do you think about this one? I think I don't really care for other Pac-12 schools, but this win will look good for the Pac-12, especially with uh, Utah going on the road. And they're and they're a top-10 team, so it's not going to be a blowout. It should be a close game. I got Utah winning by probably, i say, a touchdown or a field goal. The thing to watch in this game is going to be the turnover battle and is Cam Rising the quarterback we saw from – game, I think he turned it on like his second or third start all the way through the rest of last year, or is he that Cam Rising that couldn't beat out Charlie Brewer? So that's going to be a big thing to watch. Utah has everything. They got the run game. They got better weapons on the outside. They got two damn good tight ends. They probably got the second best tight end tandem in the country behind Georgia because both of those dudes are going to be playing in the NFL. I like their defense. They got a, they did, I think they lost two people in the secondary or three. They lost the best defensive player they probably ever had in Devin Lloyd. So good luck replacing him, but they should be solid in the uh, linebacker department. They always are front four should be good. Well, they lost, they they lost their two best linebackers from last year. They also lost uh, the other Sewell, nephew Sewell. Yeah, but Scally is a great defensive coordinator. He's learned under uh, Urban Meyer and, you know, been a part of his coaching tree. He's been with Witt for years. Um, I like him. I think Utah, if they could force some turnovers, especially early, I think they could could win comfortably, you know, 10-plus points. But if there's no turnovers and it's just, you know, back-and-forth football, I think Utah has enough defense and more than enough offense to win one in the swamp because Florida has a lot of unknowns. We know they have a, a great quarterback, a Heisman dark horse quarterback, but what's around them and what's left for that defense on paper. Well, I actually like their receiving core. They have a lot of good talent at receiver. Yeah, but it's not proven talent. Mm, I mean, Ricky Pearsall was good. He's a former. Yeah. All-pack oh yeah. The, the one I used to go to uh, Arizona state. Yeah. He's all right. Oh, yeah, he is pretty good. I'll give him that. But I don't know. I just got to see. And then they basically basically return their offensive line. Plus, they bring in Osiris Torrance, who is two-time All-SBC. And he's he's played for Napier before, so he understands, like, that system. I actually like the over here, over 51. Yeah, I think it goes goes over. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. But for Utah to be a top 10 team, I think they shouldn't lose this game, even if they're on the road and they're going to the Swamp. I know the Swamp is a pretty good home field advantage, but Utah has a better team across the board. They do have a better defense as well, so I think they should win. And should, but, but they're going to Florida. Yeah, I know they're going to Florida, which is a good home field advantage, but has it really been a home field advantage? We've seen teams going there in the swamp and win big games. So I think Utah starts to pack 12 off right with a, a good, solid road win. Staying away from the side here. I lean Utah minus three. I like the over. I'm going to play the over 51. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, especially I don't want to com- compare Florida to, to Ohio State, but, I mean, Ohio State did play that game last year with, like, no starters except for, like, C.J. Stroud and uh, even Jackson uh Jackson Smith and Najaba, he wasn't a starter last year. I mean, he fucking exploded. Yeah, he wasn't a starter. But the problem with that was 
as good as Scally is, he's a he's a stubborn ass defensive coordinator. It's no way they should have been playing man in that second half after he already torched you for two touchdowns in the first half. But he didn't learn. And when you don't learn, you don't adjust. You think when you think something's gonna start working, that's usually a red flag and it didn't work. Dude ended up with three hundred plus yards and four touchdowns. Yep. But I and still, even I though think, Florida Utah's bet worse defensively than they were last year. Yeah, they're gonna be worse, but I don't think they're gonna fall off to the point where Florida runs them off the field. They do have a first round. No, in my opinion, they got one of the better corners in uh college football and Clark Phillips. I think he's gonna be a first round pick. I like him. Uh the pass rush is always solid. Yep. The linebackers will have to prove that they could play and come in and play behind two really good linebackers in Sewell and Devin Lloyd. Now, the the secondary could get exposed. Now, we got to see how good that secondary is because on defense, that's pretty much their only Achilles heel is their secondary. Yeah. I mean, The other corner and the other safety because they were placing the corner and the safety. So, we got to know. We got to see if those – are those two players or are they pretenders? We got to – we're going to find that out Saturday. And one thing we one thing we absolutely know is that, you know, I know Florida's implementing a new system and all, but I'm telling you right now, Billy Napier and Florida are going to be able to run the ball. Yeah, he's going to have speed. He's going to have – he always has a good O-line. He believes in a run game. He's always had a solid run game. Yep. And he was a wide receivers coach at Bama when they was rocking and rolling. So – they're going to be a solid team. I just think Utah is the better team, especially for this year, and they should win a close game at the Swamp. Bro, the Diamondbacks have a position player pitching now. That's where we're at in this game. Sounds like fun. <laughs> oh, I love I love when position – I always say that if a team is up by 15 or more, there should be a rule that both teams have to grab a fan out of the stands, and that's going to be their pitcher. <laughs> but the fan would have to sign a waiver. <laughs> yeah, so he doesn't get fucking caught. You don't want this. a fan to get out there and take a fucking line drive off there. I mean, dude, I mean, the he's probably throwing ducks up there. The players are probably launching <laughs> fucking missiles, dude, over the fucking stadium. But you never know. It could be that one time. That's true. That's true. All right, let's move over to uh, this next big game. Um, this is probably... I think it's the only game this weekend between two top 25 teams or the second one because Georgia and Oregon, Yeah, this is uh Notre Dame. They will be going to Columbus to face the Ohio state Buckeyes. This line opened at 14 and a half minus 14 and a half towards Ohio state. It's mm-hmm. been bet up to minus 17 right now. Uh, the over under is 59, which was bet up from 58. So we've actually, this, this we've seen different movement. We've seen movement towards the over, um, right now, Notre Dame's actually getting 59% of the bets, Irving, only 35% of the money. Ohio State's getting 65% of the money, 41% of the bets. I'm going to be completely honest here. I thought this line was going to get to like 20, 19 and a half, 20 before kickoff. It's only at 17 right now, which tells you where, which way I'm leaning. But what's your thoughts you, about this game? You're going to probably lean towards Notre Dame. No, 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 no. I'm leaning. I th- I thought this line was going to move to like 19 and a half or 20 by kickoff. And it's only at 17, which means that I expected more money to come in on Ohio state and, and Ohio state's getting 65% of the money. 
FPI got Ohio State has an eighty three percent chance to win the game. Um, Notre Dame is zero and ten in their last ten games versus top, top ten opponents, and they've lost by an average of sixteen and a half points. And this is on the road. Zero and ten versus their last ten top ten. Zero and ten versus their last ten top ten opponents on the road. Yeah, I'm by not. an average of sixteen and a half points. Well, being a USC fan, you know, I don't, I could care less about Notre Dame, but I'm gonna just, you know, put my bias. I'm no bias. I don't see how Notre Dame covers this game unless Ohio State just comes out completely overlooks him and lays an egg, and Stroud doesn't have his best, doesn't have a, it has a subpar game. I don't see how Ohio State won't cover. And honestly, I think Notre Dame will score some points, but I think. This could get ugly. I think Ohio State could easily score 35, 40 points. Maybe more. Notre that. Dame isn't a bad defense. Marcus Freeman is a damn good defensive coach. They're returning but, eight starters on their defense. Basically, really only losing um, Kyle Hamilton, and I think they and then they lost two defensive linemen, but they're basically returning everybody else on that defense. Uh. But that defense did allow 360 yards last year, 135 rush yards. And they're um, starting all sophomores in the secondary. And and to be honest, they didn't really play anybody last year. Their best their best opponent was Wisconsin. Uh I guess you could say North Carolina. But I mean they didn't play anybody, bro. You know, when they played a team that had a lot of good athletes, they lost at home to Cincinnati. So yep, they lost to Cincy at home. They were and plus who's- two. I don't even know who's the starting QB for Notre Dame. I just know he's a first-year guy. Tyler and... Buckner. Mm. He played last year. He played in spurts last year. He's he's more athletic. Yeah, he is a runner. I know. I did. He's number seventeen, right? Something like that. Whatever his number is. Yeah. No double-digit number, but yeah, he's a runner. He's more of a runner, so he has to prove what he could do with his arm. But that's not a good team to be starting off against in Ohio State because their defense is going to be a lot better. A lot better. They, they played a lot of freshmen and sophomores last year. Defense did get carved up at times, but they should be looking a lot better on defense this year. Shout out to Brian because he said the defense was looking pretty good in camp. Yeah, And they mean, might be starting a true freshman at uh, safety who's saying they're going to be an absolute dog in the future. So if you can start out – if you starting as a true freshman on a top three, four team – you know, you're a player. So, uh, good luck, Notre Dame. But I see this one getting ugly, man. C.J. Stroud, they four deep at wide receiver with NFL talent. They still got pretty much two or three first-round picks in their wide receiving core. They have a dark horse. They got Tray- Trayvon Henderson, who's no slouch at running back. He's a top five running back in college football. He's a good long and, shot oh, for Heisman. Yeah, him and, him and uh, Gibbs from Alabama are – Probably be a good uh, long shot Heisman bet. Yep. Uh, o line is probably going to be better because at times O line did look kind of uh, suspect last year, especially when they faced the better pass rushing teams like Michigan killed them up front. Not saying. And they lose but, their best tackle too, uh, Nicholas yeah. Petit. Yes. He was so. an All American last year. They lose him. But I mean, dude, that. They got, like, they got yeah, they got Paris Johnson, who's most mock drafts right now has him as a top ten pick at left tackle. So yep. <laughs> it's pick your poison with Ohio State. I think they win this game easily by three touchdowns. Yeah, Jackson Smith and Najiba will probably win the uh, Bolitnikov 
He's probably yeah. going to be the best wide receiver in college football this year. C.J. Stroud, he's the favorite to win the Heisman right now. I mean, he definitely, in my opinion, is the number one pick next year. I think he's a better overall quarterback than Bryce Young. Um, and then also their defensive line, I mean, it's just fucking, we mentioned this on the Big Ten show, like they're just, it's riddled with five-star recruits. Yeah, and I think they too deep has six five-stars. And what? Six. Uh, their their D line, uh, yeah. And Jack Sawyer, by all accounts, uh, Brian even mentioned this to us as well. The, people are saying he looks better than Nick Bosa. Yeah, and yeah. So good luck. Like I said, <laughs> yeah. this one, this one could get nasty, especially because obviously, you know, I don't want to like shit on Marcus Freeman. He's a great coach. Yeah, great yeah I think he's gonna be a good coach, but. You know, that's a tough task to go up for for your first game. I'd be absolutely shocked uh, if Notre Dame covered this number, dude. Yeah, I'd be shocked, too. I think this game is going to get out of hand, and it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> it will be pretty, though. It will be absolutely pretty. Anytime Notre Dame gets fucking waxed, it's pretty, Irvin. Yeah, I'm just trying to give them a little bit of hope, but I don't think it's gonna be. I don't think it's gonna be a good. It's gonna. It's not gonna be a good game for them on Saturday at all. Yep. All right. Let's move over to this last game we're gonna talk about. Um, this game is actually between two top twenty-five opponents too. This is Arkansas versus Cincinnati. Um, right now, Arkansas is. I just had it up and it switched over to the Marshall Thundering Herd. What are we doing here, computer? Shout out Randy Moss. Yes, shout out to Randy Moss. Uh, let's see. Let me scroll back down. Sorry, there's like 65 games I'm going through right now. I believe it's minus 10. Is it a 12:30 kick? Oh, here we go. Number 19, Arkansas versus number six and a half. Cincinnati at eight and a half. I'm I'm seeing six, six and a half. Here. Six and a half. Six and a half. My bad. Yeah, so right now, Arkansas minus six and a half. They're going to be the home team. Over-unders at 52. This opened at seven. The total opened at 54, so we've seen the total get bet down. Um, Obviously, Cincinnati loses a lot on offense. They lose Desmond Ritter. They lose a ton on defense. They lose two fucking NFL caliber cornerbacks. I'm, I'm down on Cincinnati this year. I mean, both of us had Houston winning the AAC, so I think we're both kind of in lockstep with Cincinnati. But, And I'm high on Arkansas, too. I mean, what do you think about this game, Irv? Uh, I think Arkansas wins a competitive game. I don't think Cincinnati is just going to be downright horrible, but they're not going to be a playoff team at all. They lost too much talent on a team that just doesn't reload like an Alabama or a Georgia or Ohio State. Yep. It's going to take Fickle probably another year, coach these young guys up, because they're going to be really young on both sides of the ball. Yep. Um, you're replacing, like you said, a top – Four, top four or five pick in uh, Sauce Gardner. You lost a, your best pass rusher. He got drafted. You lost your second best corner. Kobe. Yeah, you lost your quarterback. You lost some good wide receivers. Um, I just hope they could keep it. I don't think they're going to get blowed out, but I do got Arkansas covering. They probably went by between 10 and uh, between ten and 14 points. I think they win by 10 points, so I think they cover. So this is interesting because we've seen this number get bet down, right? And right now, since he's only getting 30% of the bets, 42% of the money, Arkansas is getting 70%, 
of of bets, fifty eight percent of the money. Um, you know, Arkansas they do lose uh, Traylon Burks, obviously, but I, I like KJ Jefferson. Um, Arkansas has always been able to run the ball under Sam Pittman as well, and I think they're going to be able to run the ball here. I think they're going to be able to establish the run. They also, you know, they did lose three guys on their defensive line, but they they hit the transfer portal pretty hard, dude, and they yeah, got some starters they, in the transfer portal. And they added an NFL talent in Jordan Hassel, Jadon Hasselwood from Oklahoma. So yep. you can never have too many weapons. Mm-hmm. I actually like what they added in the transfer portal. Pittman is, <laughs> excuse me, Pittman is trending up. He's a damn good coach. He took this team from three or four wins to being bowl eligible in what one year. Yep. So. You gotta you gotta give credit to coaches that do that type of that had that type of improvement in that short amount of time, and he's stacking up talent with at Arkansas. So, and they got pretty powerful boosters too. You know that's Jerry Jones, um, beloved alumni. I mean beloved alma mater. So, you know he puts a lot of money into the program. They I keep think on most winning. Of the Walmart family went there too. Well, yeah, see, they got some real powerful boosters. So <laughs> if, he, if he got people, he's got people believing in the program right now. I like Arkansas. I don't think they win the SEC, but they're definitely going to be a player, and they're going to be in pretty much every game they play this year. So I think they start off a good year with a, a good, solid win at home against a, a good Cincinnati team. They're not going to be terrible, but they're not going to be the Cincinnati they was last year or the year before. Agreed. Agreed. I, I'm I'm with you, man. I I definitely lean Arkansas here. I probably lean the under just because I don't think since yeah. he's going to be able to move the ball a ton, um, they probably won't score a lot. And you know, Sam Pittman likes to run the ball, so they're you know he's probably going to bleed a lot of the clock towards the end. So yeah, I definitely say take the under. I said this probably be this probably be like a twenty one. Uh, 10 or 21 or 17 to 10, 20 to 10 type game. Yep. Agreed. All right. Let's, uh, so all those games we talked about, let's get the people. Let's go, y'all. A best bet, Irv. What's your, My best, what's your bet best bet for will this be week? Ohio State to cover the 17, 17. the 17 point spread against Notre Dame at home. All right. I like it. Uh, I'm going to take Purdue plus three and a half tomorrow night on Thursday. Um, I'm high on Purdue. Aiden O'Connell, I think, is one of the, the second best quarterback in this conference behind C.J. Stroud. Um, Brahm's a really great coach. I expect the offense to be able to move the ball. Even though I think Penn State's going to be improved defensively, I we don't know what that offense is going to look like. They were atrocious running the ball and could not protect Clifford last year. They, very inexperienced offensive line. So I'm not sure what I'm going to get. Give me the home team, Purdue, plus three and a half. They always play well at home and always upset good teams. So I like it. Let's get this money. Let's get this money and head to the window, baby. I want to thank everybody for joining us. Uh, Irvin and I will be back on Monday to break down things that happened in the college football week. End because we have games on Sunday and Monday this week, surprisingly. Um, if you guys want us to talk about any game, sorry, Michael, we didn't get to LSU and, and Florida State. We'll get to some Florida State games later, I promise. Uh, take LSU in that game, though. Yeah. <laughs> if Travis wasn't the QB, I'll say take FSU. Yeah. Uh, so, 
you know, thank you everybody for joining us. Make sure to go to Tavour.com or download the Tavour app straight to your mobile device and use promo code TAPROOM for $10 off your first purchase of $25 or more. For Swerving Irving Washington, I'm Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks Lats. Y'all have a blessed weekend. Enjoy college football. Start some. We got a lot of games on deck tomorrow, baby. Let's go.